Welcome back to another episode of A Pint with Shoney B. I'm here with my long-haired lover from Liverpool. He's not from Liverpool, although I'm surprised he hasn't claimed that considering the whole Australian thing. But we did come from Liverpool a few days ago. How are you, Shoney? I'm all right, mate. I've got, I managed to get a bit of a Liverpoolian accent while I was over there. Yeah. It was quite nice, wasn't it? All right, anyway, this is episode 183 of A Pint with Shawnee B. We just came back from Liverpool. We were over there for about a week and uh, we had great time, didn't we? We did, but like, imagine how many Liverpoolians... I do like that word, Liverpool... Liverpoolians. Liverpoolians. Imagine how you never walk alone, mate. Anyway, yes, this is uh, the Don and Shawnee being back from a week in Liverpool. Absolutely on the T-H-R-A-S-H, mate. Um, I went over for the Liverpool... That took versus... me way too long to spell. <laughs> I went over for the Liverpool versus Benfica match, courtesy of my good friend, Austin, who invited me over, which was lovely, and I love going over for those. Especially, weirdly, that I'm a Manchester United fan. Those will know me and think it's sacrilegious that I would ever darken the pitch at Anfield but this football season is amazing in terms of the two teams that are battling it out Man City and Liverpool by both of them the arch nemesis or ne- what's the plural of nemesis 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 Man United's arch nemesis um, but they're playing great football Man United are playing shit football so go watch where the joy and the you know, talent is. Anyway, what did you think of Liverpool? I liked it. Yeah, it was great. It was like Tala if Tala was less shit. Yeah, well, that's saying an awful lot. Um, it was, uh, it's weird with Liverpool because it's like a uh, mongrel in England. It's like an know? Irish enclave. Yeah, it's like, like, if you think about Birmingham, I've got, did I ever tell you my famous Birmingham joke? Not that I can remember. I know it's another accent thing. I'll probably make it a bit Pakistani, but it has to be done in the Birmingham accent. You may as well, look, offend everybody so it's not pointed yeah. at anybody. Anyway, the great Birmingham joke is, what's the difference between a buffalo and a bison? You can wash your face in a bison. You can't wash your face in a buff- <laughs> in a buffalo. Um, yeah, you can wash your face in a bison. Um, but Birmingham, you know, Manchester, London, they're all a bit fucking tan. I can't and say, Liverpool's I haven't been, I've, I've only been to London. Liverpool's the least tan city. Well, I will say, like, so we were in London for... Oh, we were in London as well, Less actually, than yeah. 48 hours. We went That's over... That's the way we roll, you know. Do you know? Jet we seven. nipped over for yeah. dinner. Yeah, but we went over on the Monday morning, came back on the Sunday evening. So, in fairness, I haven't been on a we plane. Went over on Saturday Did I say Sunday? You said Monday. I do. I beg your pardon. But over Saturday evening, Saturday morning, I came back on Sunday. Have we done an awful lot? Let's start with the before we get to Liverpool. We we had uh, friends from Canada that were over with their kids, and we went to visit them, and we went to see Fulham play. 
in Craven College, which was the Don's first ever football match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At and last, what did you think of it? At last. I mean, it was last... much as expected. Now, I'm very grateful to have been brought. Show much is a lot of football, and I've no fucking interest. Mm. But it doesn't bother me. Just the type of girlfriend you need, lads. You know. Well, it is actually. I beg mm. your pardon. You, you have no idea how lucky you are because I quite like just sitting there on my TikTok or reading a book or listening yeah. to my music. Same with horse racing, by the way, lads. I yeah, like horse racing, um, but I have a flutter. Like, you yeah. know, every so often it's here. I am. Pause that. Watch this. Watch this. And I have to wait for the girl to be so watching. Fine, no problem. Because. I actually do like being in your company. However, I do get like overload. Like sometimes you just want a bit of headspace. It's nice that we can be in each other's company. So I actually enjoy the football. And if we go to a pub, well, people will chat. It's quite different when you're actually at the fucking thing. Mm. Oh, it'll never end. It's not like the little costumes. No, one one side, the the side we're supposed to be shouting for, I presume, their their costumes as well. But the away side, Coventry oh, City. Coventry City. Oh, have you never heard Send of Purcell? Send those costumes to Coventry. Have you never heard of Purcell? Like colour catcher anthem and very unflattering as yeah, well. Coventry showed up in blue, in blue and pink. Yeah, but it was like navy. But it was, look quite it was a washed out all, navy. Who ate all the pies ish? And I'll tell you what it is because myself and uh, my friend who was with me, who was the other woman there, and also had a Canadian accent, which nobody else is going to necessarily pick up as a Canadian accent. They're just going to hear Seppo. But we we did manage to offend and upset the people in front of us by just chatting shit about the costumes and saying that they're wrecking the lawn when they kicked pieces off it, which was very... So then we kept it up. But one of the things, because we had a long conversation about this because it was offending the people in front of us so much, it was just good crack. They had like the shitty pink stripes on their socks, which really cut them off the leg, gave them cankles, was washed out look and made their arse look big. So Coventry City, if you're listening, I'm sure they all are. Sure, sure they tune in every week. Coventry City caused an upset by beating Fulham, who since we went, by the way, the Don have been promoted to the Premier League. Who Fulham? Fulham have yeah. Well, good enough um, because you couldn't. Well, Coventry couldn't go in those outfits. We then went to uh, a place called the Egerton House Hotel, which serves a thing called a Vesper, which is was great to give one to. It's one of those, as I call it, it's the. Only cocktail I've ever had, and that's saying something, given the fact that I've probably drank over a hundred thousand cocktails in my life. I'd suggest uh, it's the only cocktail in the world that equates to a pangalactic gargle blaster. Do you know what a pangalactic gargle blaster is? Uh, don't think so. Well, have a listen to this. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy also mentions alcohol. It says that the best drink in existence is the pan-galactic gargle blaster. The effect of which is like having your brain smashed out with a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. The guide also tells you on which planets the best pan-galactic gargle blasters are mixed, how much you can expect to pay for one, and what voluntary organizations exist to help you rehabilitate. The man who invented this mind-pummeling drink also invented the wisest remark ever made, which was this. Never drink more than two pan-galactic gargle blasters unless you are a 30-ton mega-elephant with bronchial pneumonia. His name is Zephod Bibobrox, and we shall learn more of his wisdom later. That was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, where... I first came across as a young boy the pangalactic gargle blaster. In the Egerton house, you get a pangalactic so, gargle blaster. Sorry, before you go, can I just ask, have you ever had a death in the afternoon? A cocktail? Yeah. No. It's like the Hemingway champagne. 
So he invented it. It's a flute of champagne, ice champagne. Yeah. And, One of the uh, was named definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's why he named it that. It's, but it was his thing. It was a, you put in a flute of ice champagne and you drop in a measure of absinthe. Okay, yeah. Well, any, and any I haven't, stress? I haven't had one, and I, so it's on my bucket list. Obviously, my bucket list is a list of drinks that I would like to drink and keep a bucket beside my bed afterwards. Yeah. You never get people actually vomiting properly on television. We noticed this, right? Yeah, actually, now you say that. Like you know, like anyone, like you know the way you watch the movies, it's like, <laughs> and they just they have whatever is in their mouth as actors, and it's usually you know. But when we were in Liverpool, one of the downsides of Liverpool was it's kind of a. It's kind of a city which is every night it's kind of full of drunken debauchery, which is no bad thing. But the following morning, there's an awful lot of are there be kebabs strewn across? Yeah, the, pavement yeah. pizzas everywhere. Like you know, you've got to avoid and you know. But like when you have that full on vomit, when you have that kind of alien esque, and it yeah. just comes in, and all movies I just go. See oh, and a guy runs to the toilet, goes, and he just throws up a little bit of brown water that he's put into his. But mouth. I want to. Pe- I want to see people really heave. I want to see yeah. bloodshot eyes. Like it's quite. It's quite. Vo- I mean, I, well, I don't know. It depends on your gag reflex, and I don't yeah. have one, as you know. Um, but like my kids wouldn't be real pukers either. Obviously, when they're babies, maybe, but they're not. Like it'd be very rare. And my daughter got sick a couple of weeks ago, and it's like if you know when you're not a puker, you rarely get sick. It, when it does happen. It's kind of you're in shock as to how violent it is. <laughs> she was like, she's not yeah. a complainer. She's not a complainer. She's very kind of chill and mature, and she doesn't whinge about things. But she was really fucking shaken up. Mm. Like she was back to calling me mammy for a couple of days because she was so violently ill. But it's like so painful, and then you just see it on telly, and it's like. Except one movie did it really well, which was the Meaning of Life with Mr. Creosote, the big fat guy. Who came in and you know started vomiting? But they had this. He was just he was just hurling vomit, which mm. was splashing everywhere, full of croutons, full of everything, and everything was getting covered in vomit. This whole restaurant. Yeah. But most filmmakers, they really make a they make a dog's dinner of uh, vomiting. You but know, like he, the person should look like they're getting a punch in the gut. Yeah, you know, like it should, it's, it's, it should it, be the follow up vom, which is often worse. Yeah, a bit like COVID. But uh, does that does that count? Like, I don't know. There's ropey strings that won't break. Yeah. And, it's in yeah, your hair. Yeah. It's in your hair and all that sort of stuff. You never get that. Probably. And the I mean, sobbing, the sobbing afterwards. Yeah, the sort of. It's almost it's, you're vomiting so hard you start crying. Well, you know that moment where like you can see it on someone's face if you're watching for it because like if you have a child that you think's going to get sick, you watch for it. You know, if you do get sick, it's like under your tongue starts to water and get a metallic taste, and you go, "Oh fuck, mm. I forgot. This is this is how I know mm. I'm going to get sick. If this doesn't happen, I'm not going to get sick. Oh anyway, fuck, I'm going to get sick." Before we turn our audience off completely, um, the sick movie makers bastards. could could. So we, anyway, we were in uh, this place that does the uh, Vesper. It's called the Egerton House. I thoroughly recommend it. It was fun bringing the Don there, who has a, let's say, has a penchant for not knowing when to stop. When it I comes have a to weakness for the drop. Yeah. <laughs> I have a weakness for the drop. I'd have, like, I'm fond of Long Island iced teas, and it's not because a, they're a particularly sophisticated drink. She'd have, a, she'd have a bad fun. I do that. And when she, I go out, I go out an awful heart. She goes out at all. She'd have five or six Long Island iced teas of an evening. Just to kind of, yeah, as a bit of an old sharpener, as she calls them. Anyway, the Don had. She only to have the fry on for me in the morning. The Don had the Vesper, and I said, I'd be very careful with these because it's just pure alcohol and it's very tasty and very yeah. potent. We then waddled out of that and went back to our hotel. Shout out to the hotel, St. Paul's Hotel. In, yeah, lovely um, little place. Hammersmith. And when we got there, they had a whiskey bar. But the Vesper got us just drunk enough to think it was a good idea to go back to the whiskey bar and order two flights of whiskey 
Each flight had like five in it. So we sat there and had 10 very generous whiskies on top of our Vesper, on top of all the wine we've been drinking all day. So that's what happened. Let's just say we got, uh, we were a bit dusty the next day for the Fulham game. But then we came back and then we went to Liverpool. So Liverpool, as I was saying, is a bit of a mongrel city. It's like kind of, I like I like the vibe there. People are friendlier. They're yeah. not, they're a bit downtrodden. Like the rest of England hates them kind of thing. And we like that about them, that the rest of England hates them maybe or something I, like that. I, I've never thought that, it's just not something I'm aware of. I, I've never been under the impression that the rest of England hates them. But there's definitely the Northern thing, but particularly Liverpool because... You were there before me, but we had just been in London. Now, in fairness to London, which I've been to plenty of times and I enjoy, but also there's a cuntishness. Yeah. There is there is that kind of, even when people are being nice to you, you can see the, oh, stupid Paddy. That's not there with Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. So there's like simpatico. You yeah. feel at home. People are fucking sound. That matters. And we stayed in the city centre and it's a lot of great architecture. We then went on a, a, a guided walk. With a Liverpoolian man. Ah, he, he was very nice. And uh, we had, you know, amazing architecture. It, it feels like it's a... And, and also a very important city. Like, it was the second biggest city in England. You know, the, the, the Liver building was one of yeah. the biggest buildings in Europe and all this. Yeah. Kind of, it's a lots of little... The first theatre or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where yeah. Break a Leg came from. And, uh, John Wilkes Booth's dad set it up. John Wilkes Booth, the guy who assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln. As we call him. And, uh, you know, a lot more bars and buzz than Dublin, although a little bit kind of vomity. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, also what I liked is people are lovely, but it's also, it's a small city. Um, I, so it's much more manageable. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a bit like Dublin in that way, whereas yeah. I don't like too much sprawling. It's just too fucking yeah. overwhelming. But yeah, there's more on, but it's much, much younger. So it's like half the population of Dublin. And you were going, yeah, but Dublin has a lot of major universities in it. So like, why is it... And what I think it is, is that we're priced out of Dublin. We being? Uh, those who don't live within the the city, unless you have a lot of money. It's very just nobody. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the other thing. So they have people living above, because I was asking, like, I was, we were asking friends who were with and tour guys and that, because we were comparing it to Dublin, we're going, do people live upstairs from that pub and that shop and that? And it is inhabited, but also it's just not so fucking expensive. Whereas... Dublin, like, it's almost like so much money has been pumped into it in the past 10 years, but normal people didn't really have much of a recovery from the recession. Like, I live in the suburbs, in the outskirts, which wouldn't be particularly affluent, but, like, you, you can't afford to go in. Mm. Also, the obviously, you need to like the Beatles, because the Beatles yeah. are everywhere. We went to, Be- there's a Beatles sort of street, which is, like, where the Cavern Club was and has got all these Beatles themed pubs and where it's full of hen and stag nights colliding. Lots of Irish bars and bouncers. The bouncers were quite nice. Um, yeah. We went to a reasonably shit comedy club with a guy called Paul Smith who, you know, was just phoning in drunk. Yeah, um, that was but, shit. Uh, you know, it was just a good weekend. Um, and also 30 minutes flight from Dublin. I think I read somewhere it's the second biggest Irish population after Dublin, I think. Yeah. I read that somewhere. It probably doesn't feel right like a fact, but... A lot of Liverpool... Like per, per capita, do you mean maybe? No, like, like just how, how many people who claim to be Irish. There's a lot of probably more Irish people in Liverpool than there are in Cork, which is the, which is the comp, which would be the... Anyway, I read that somewhere, probably isn't true. But uh, Liverpool based a lot on Irish. A lot of Irish navvies would have worked there back in the day. It's only about, uh, as I said, 36... Uh, minutes by plane which what would be about 200 miles that was kind of breathtaking because I came over you were already there I came over on my own 
And like the girls are like, it's Ryanair. The girls are coming mm. up with the trolleys and she only gets up about three rows and I'm just second row to the back and I'm going, I'm going to get cigarettes. And your man behind me gets cigarettes. I'm going, fucking hurry up, lad. Hurry up, lad. This car's not working. I'm like, fucking find another one because I know she's going to be sat down. She like, we had no sooner taken off than the fucking pilot has us nose diving into the tarmac. Like just fucking, I'm still picking out tarmac from my teeth and just going yeah right we're here like you'd know it was fucking Ryanair Ryanair Ryanair. and that's another thing and like those are on my Facebook will have seen my issue with this the screaming down the tannoy of the most nasally common as muck young ones and I just have a picture of Michael O'Leary in an office somewhere going come on Chantel more nasally come on come on re-scream at them every two minutes it's like Ryanair would like to announce today you're boarding a flight to 63 to Alicante all of you are told to get into line now like sheep ready for milking or cows ready for milking and always make sure to wear your masks you know it's just this whatever they, they obviously pick the but they worst were, they screamed yeah, out the tannoy yeah, except the one chap that got on said whoever John Smith we have your daughter yeah and then followed it up after the brief pause with, please come to such and such to retrieve her. But like Ryanair, like I've always said this before about them, they're the one brand in the world where everyone hates them. I mean, they're a hated brand. They give you sort of very good value airfares, so you kind of like them for that. But they could be kinder. They could be more polite. They don't, you don't, we don't have to, you know, have seat backs and we can pay for everything, you pricks. But you just be a bit nicer. And as you said, stop fucking But it's their down. brand, right? Yeah. So like, anytime if you look at Michael O'Leary, like, sometimes he is... Michael thrown... O'Leary is the CEO of oh, Ryanair. Yeah, sorry. By the way, for our overseas listeners, we're very parochial today. Ryanair is the biggest airline in Europe. It is also a bucket carrier of swill, cheap flights, but just yeah. a horrible, horrible experience. But I mean, sometimes, some of the things that come out over the years, remember when he said he was thinking of taking all the seats out yeah. and charging to go to... So I don't think that they're serious half the time, but what we what we have learned is that Michael O'Leary, his brand for Ryanair is fuck you and you'll like it. Yeah. And the thing is, we all despise him, but every last one of us, like 17 euro for a flight, we're on a, nobody who can afford Air, Air Lingus? Who the fuck do you yeah. think you are? So we're all going to pay for it, but we hate it. And I don't know if it's a social experiment or he just enjoys playing the villain and going, yeah, but you're still my little bitch aren't you yeah. you're still my little bitch they've made air travel horrible air travel with Ryanair is a bit like going on a coach somewhere like going on a, a greyhound bus for Americans listening it's like that bad but you know we probably went over and back to Liverpool for about 40 euros each the taxi fare in Dublin to the airport is more expensive than the flight to Liverpool yeah if um, no, it is but like we also we did make a bit of money on the L duty free, which is great because yeah. I've been sitting uh, here for don't years. Don't say that too loud because it'll be. Uh, it was okay. all over. No, no one here actually fucking listens to it because Britain have left the European Union. Get Brexit now done. when you go over Ooh. to and back to uh, England as an Irish person, uh, or as a French person, or as anyone else who's in Europe, you can avail of uh, cigarettes, for example, at uh, five euro a pop. Uh, booze at 10 euro cheaper yeah so. look I, I hate to I hate to mention the war but the last episode we were on you were just telling everyone how well you're doing off the smokes how's that going for you now it's going okay I mean it's uh, Don said that in a kind of a sin no I'm not I'm not like, I'm not trying to fashion. hang you I'm not no I'm just saying yeah. let's let's integrity I've got to a point where I'm you know I've, I've, I've put cigarettes in the same kind of category as uh, smoking weed so you know I like to have you know now he smokes weed every day kind of, yeah <laughs> Now I'm on 20 joints a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like this, there's, it's been an interesting journey. So I, st- I gave up cigarettes in January, cold turkey, and I gave up booze as well for the month, which helps. If you're ever trying to give up cigarettes, give up booze at the same time because you will smoke if you're drunk. So, you know, after six weeks, I kind of got into the habit. I felt I was 54. It's getting a bit 
unsustainable. Yeah. And so I'm now probably smoking after a joint or, you know, when I'm really hammered. Bit of lighten one yeah. for me sort of thing. Yeah, light, light the dons for her. She's still puffing Billy. Um, oh, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the things I've noticed about giving up cigarettes is that there's this thing where as soon as you fall, as soon as you have a drag or one when you're out, people tend to go, oh, that's it, I'm back on them and yeah. they just start smoking again. Where, Whereas I think that there should be this kind of approach where, you know, you're going to go out, you may be, you may fall. Bridget Jones, actually. When Bridget Jones' diary came out, there was all this bit where she used to chart in her diary how many cigarettes she had because she was always beating herself up and she'd have one cigarette and she, she was only give up cigarettes. Right. I remember that about the book. I mean, I don't, I don't uh, particularly like the Bridget Jones uh, series of books, but I remember that. And getting back up on the horse, tomorrow's another day. Yeah. And don't smoke tomorrow, you know. And I strongly that feel right that, enough. and we might be repeaters, I can't remember what we said, but I remember we had this discussion, but it was, it was at the other end of it when we had this discussion, mm. you know, like you'd, you'd been off them a couple of weeks, cold turkey. I know you were kind of saying, I absolutely will smoke again. Mm. I know that. I need to get off them all together, like get the nicotine out of the system. I'm a non-smoker. Yeah. But my intention is, yeah, I'll smoke again. And that doesn't mean you're back on the smokes. Ah, oh, well, that's it. And I, I was, I'm so interested in this because like, I have a bit of an obsessive personality and I'd be prone to uh, <laughs> vices. Uh, whereas you just like the grand things in life, but you're quite disciplined. So I do think it matters what personalities are like. Mm. And I get, I, I think that most people who've ever smoked probably would love to be social smokers, but they go, yeah, but I can't because it's a slippery slope. So I'd love to be able to be that person who could have a smoke or two on a night out and then leave a go. You are actually incredibly disciplined with your stuff. So you probably could be. So I'm, it's, it, I do think it's a case of try it on for size. You'll have weeks where you go, I'm actually losing the run of myself now. I need to rein that in. But it's really interesting to watch. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the way I look at it is I've probably smoked 95% less cigarettes in the first four months of 2022 than I have in any other year previous. Yeah, so but if you went from like a standard smoker to smoking 5% of that, mm. I you think actually, from, well, yeah. from, well, from a health point of view, most people would probably be very happy with that and they go, yeah. yeah, happy with that. It's just that they don't feel that they can sustain that. Yeah. I mean, but it's I'm, an I'm, interesting experiment to see if you can sustain that. I'm conscious I'm, I'm, I'm sounding, as my one of my friends says, that's the addiction talking, Shawnee. That's a bit of a fucking evil thing to say. But anyway, I... Well, it's not, though. We're actually no, interested to see how this goes he, and to no, try he, it on. He means it in a kind of funny way. But the, the issue is that it is an addiction. And I just don't... I think people should just not beat themselves up just because they fail once or they go back yeah. and get back on. It's the best thing to do is to give up. It's like when you break your diet, you, you may as well eat everything inside yeah, for a exactly. month That's just until you're ready to get on it. do that. So, <laughs> joking. All right, so, and speaking of girls, actually, the the biggest problem I'm having, and I need the Don's input here, I don't know whether anyone else around the world is noticing the new fashion du jour, which is women walking around in tight Lululemon leggings with no panties on and their pesh flaps and contours of their vagina available to everybody to see from whether you're a big fat chick in Liverpool or a skinny person, or a mother and her daughter, Macombo, wandering around wow. Liverpool with their, almost their tufts of whatever, you know, it's just absolutely disgusting. Sean, can I ask you, is what you were attempting to say that you went about in a quite indelicate manner, are you referring to flap couture? I've never heard the phrase, <laughs> no. but let's That's go. my phrase for it, flap couture. It's a fucking thing. Yeah. It's a fucking thing. Girls, you know, you're not what? impressing can anyone. I just, when did we decide that we're all getting our flaps out and that was like... Yeah. 
I know, it's just, like, it seems to be bigger in England, so to speak, than it is here. <laughs> no, right, so I think about this, right, so, but there, there was a definite issue, right? I realised that I dress like a toddler who accidentally ate someone's acid at three and has never aged up and I still dress like that. So I'm in no fucking position. Yeah. But I, I was under the impression that we had a bit of a social contract that, like, put your flaps away. Yeah. But that has that has broken down, and I, I did a bit of research on this when you were asleep this morning. How it started was like so leggings fifteen years ago were in fashion, but it was always like a long top that's not quite a dress, but like you'd never wear leggings on their own. Mm-hmm. And then the odd fucking weirdo would wear leggings. You can't, what do you fucking you can't wear them as a fucking trouser? Like they're see through. But then Lululemon and brands like that came out with ones that were like quite expensive, and there was a lot of spandex in them and support. And, and what I'm seeing on TikTok all the time as well are ones that are not the most modest. But they change the shape of your arse. So now everyone is dying to wear the things that change the shape of your arse. But that's also made it socially acceptable to have every crevice on show. So now you have people going into Primark or Pennies or whatever your fucking bargain basement cheap fast fashion thing is with really see-through lycra not even lycra you know that really shit material of, and now they've made polyester yeah and now they've made do you remember bicycle shorts in the 90s yeah. they've come back which are basically leggings at the ugliest length we're not even going to do capri length we're going to do the length just before your knees to make yeah. you look fucking worse like and now they have them in bright colours now whatever about a pair of fucking pennies leggings in black that you thought you could pull off without a long top but now you're going to have them in bicycle shorts in fucking light pink yeah. it's going to show every ounce of cellulite like Forget a bikini wax. You need a fucking cervical wax if you're going to wear that. So I remember, and I don't follow this that closely, Lululemon having a problem at one stage because some of, back in the day when they first came on the scene, that some of their leggings were a bit too see-through for gyms and for Pilates classes and people were sort of vomiting a bit in their mouth when they'd see flaps and hairs protruding through. Mm. And that became a thing that Lululemon got into trouble for However, today, women are just wandering out into the street with basically everything on show. And, like, I don't know whether you think it's sexy or funny. And, by the way, even women who have got great bodies, okay, who... It's still fucking weird you know, looking, isn't it's it? It's still disgusting, all right? So, I know women, for example, give out to men about putting their hands down their pants and they're well entitled that. Or the men who wander around because they didn't bring a belt out with them. So, they think it's really cool to wander with their jeans at half-mast, showing off their fucking disgusting boxer shorts or or or, uh, or underpants but put your fucking trousers on or put a fucking skirt over it and hide your fucking growler okay we don't want to see your fucking minge ladies. I, 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 I don't know whether you think you're sexy or whether you think this is some sort of fucking feminist new thing <laughs> we've burnt our bra and we're showing our fucking flaps they're disgusting at the best of times they look like an oyster okay Excuse we are me. very we're very they're lovely they're yeah. just not for public Listen, consumption at some point men need to fight back on this put a pair of fucking pants on or wear a dress alright and stop showing off your minge to the world. Well, I'm, I'm trying to address, right, because I know you have a strong opinion and I certainly, That's like, I certainly have a strong opinion but I, but I saw what I was looking at and Liverpool, I'm sorry, you're very guilty of it and, and, and I will say, many of those were Irish girls coming back on the fucking rider Maybe. and, and, yeah, oh, and I thought about this and I was like, it shocked you more than me. I think it's equally disgusting but then I thought, right, I don't ever see that fashion walking around here where you live. I also, it would turn my head, if I went to my local shops which it'd be kind of lower middle class. It's all right. But it would turn your head and go, Jesus, what's your one wearing? Now, but if I went a bit further into Tala, which is like full on working class, if I went to this, my, my local shopping centre, which is... No, but, no, but no. it's much more normal. So there. what? It'll be on the streets then of I'm Dublin, at, you know, It is, year, it is, okay? just not the nice yeah. streets. No, the nice streets. 
It's not like a class thing. This is what women are going. There's also women in the in the affluent suburbs wandering around, having done their yoga and their Pilates, going for but, coffee, wearing so their think, fucking snacks. I have on I their have an sleeve. issue with the whole modesty culture thing because I, I like it's not I, like I modesty. no, but it's let disgusting. me speak. Yeah. I despise the idea of modesty. However, there is dignity in in terms of a certain respect like i think if you want to go off to a nudist beach fire ahead but we live in a society where we've decided that bit of manners we have an understanding of what's what's nudity and what's not and so this like i find this uncomfortable and also like on a really hot day right obviously a woman can't go around and take her top off men go around and take the tops off i find that distasteful now if we're on a beach i wouldn't mind but when i don't care how hot it is when you're walking down to the shops and it's a fucking housing estate, I, I would smack the head off my son if he had his top off. I'd be like, push your, put a fucking light jersey on. Like, it, it, it's just, there's, there's a... And then where is the line? I don't know. But I, but I do feel there's a social contract where it's like, a bit of fucking manners. We've all agreed to be dressed. Mm. You know, if you want to go somewhere where it's suitable, like, there should be nudist places, yeah. fine. But it, there's consent there. But as as a society, there needs to be a certain amount of we put I mean, our fucking genitals. You away. know, we're living in a what, what a lot of women call a rape culture, which I don't think we are, but a lot of women say we are. Uh, um, I think there's probably an awful lot less rape going on than there was maybe ten years ago, even twenty years ago when I was growing up. But let's say we are living in a rape culture. So is wandering around with your bits on display part of this sort of you're not allowed to touch me, you better not touch me, which I totally agree with, by the way. Uh, but look, I'm I'm going to do this and, and just wave it around. You know, if if, no. men, if men walked around with their tackle on such public display, you know, where you can see everything, nothing left to the imagination. You can just see my lad just dangling and yeah. my, my my old man nuts that, that drop. You know, uh, you know, and I've, I've got a pair of leggings. So suppose I'm wearing my boxer, my my um boxer briefs except they go down to the end of my leg well, the same thing though like I would find it distasteful like if if blokes are wandering around with their fucking sack and you can see yeah. like and you're going you're going to shop with your kids I, I would find it a bit disrespectful there's modesty and there's like yeah but can you put your genitals away in fairness if we're not all consenting can you please mm-hmm. there's a certain understanding but the, to the rape culture thing rape culture is a real thing yeah while I know that you, in fairness, and I say this with no sarcasm, have been a bastion of like challenging things yeah. when it hasn't always been the easiest. But I would say, while I think this style is awful, it fucking offends me. It's disgusting. Not because they're body types, but just because it's just to come on now, like like dress yourself, like it's your fucking genitals on show. I I will I won't go as far as that because I think rape culture is the idea that that has any sure no rape, no, I, rape is only I said yeah. that when I said it but like yeah. tell me why women tell me why thirteen and fourteen year old girls are walking out with their parents so, with their with their my thought you know, is snatch on display why is that happening uh, the, there's a lot of cheap leggings that are sh- shit quality and leave nothing to the imagination. And that's what the kids are wearing. That's what the teenagers are wearing to an extent. But I, I've noticed with TikTok and stuff, there's a lot of leggings that are that that squish the fat up to your arse and give you a shape. And I think it's a. I don't think that young ones are wearing leggings at all for men. I do think that young ones are wearing leggings. Sometimes they're just wearing them because it's the fashion. But I do see a huge amount of young ones going. My arse looks really good here, and they so they're showing off their figure. But that's actually more for other women. I don't think any woman with any vague sense of intelligence, if you want to attract men, leggings will never do it, no matter how much is on show, because men think in a certain way and it's not feminine enough. There's a display of the body, but it's about, I look good in these, my arse is good, I feel bad about lots of other things, but my arse looks really good in these, um, I don't care if it's a bit much, I'm wearing okay, so it I, have, I, have, I think that's what it is. I have turkey neck balls, that because I'm old, I'm 54. 
But I've always had a reasonably good ass, right? You do but, have but a lovely ass. But at no point in my life have I ever, ever, apart from maybe buying a pair of jeans where my bum looked big in them, to coin a female phrase, you know, I never go and go, oh, you know, I really want to accentuate. I have to say it is sexual. Oh, that's sexual. a women Hang thing. On. I have to say it is sexual. I, I'll, I'll give you the best example I can give, apart from the men who put their hands down their pants, which is disgusting, and a lot of men do that, down their tracks oh, and yeah, bottoms, yeah, right? Especially out your way. Yeah. But there's also the Scotsman with no no knickers on under his kilt. That's sexual, right? Whether you, whether you like it or not. The Scottish thing. Yeah, it is sexual. A man not having wearing a dress and having no underpants on is slightly sexualized. I don't disagree. Okay. I, I don't have an opinion, but we expand on that titter, for me. Girls titter going, I wonder if he's wearing any pants. Yeah, but and they it, lift up the skirt and, they, and he, men flash their arse and they, you know, you know, that's a thing with Scotsmen. Scotch. Oh, I know sorry, it certainly Scotch, has become a thing. Scotsmen. With this new brave world. And like I also brave noticed, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, Boohoo, which is a major cheap retailer that's purely online. And I wish. It's not quite Wish, it's real kind of Penny's Primark, but cheaper again. And it's going out clothes, it's whatever. But like, people of all styles will buy from it, but it's real fast fashion. But they advertised a bodysuit a couple of years ago. Now, a bodysuit, particularly for the gentlemen who aren't as well-versed in ladies' apparel, uh, bodysuits came into fashion a couple of years ago. They're literally just tops that are like swimming togs that, that go in because it's... Uh, they tuck into your trousers. That's that's what bodysuits are. But they started advertising these ones where the, the leg has got the, is the cut out of the leg is so high it's nearly out of ribs, and the bit in the middle looks like a thong on backwards, like she's like her clit's getting flossed. Yeah, and so like that. all of all of like the women on the internet kind of went, okay, boo, but where do my flaps go? And so this was not this was a, it became a very famous meme. Where do my flaps go? But what I've noticed, in, because I've shopped the odd time, I'm boo going, oh, I want it top to go under something. It's, it's shite, but like, if I want something quick. So they have me on the algorithm. That and all the other fashion, I'm nonstop seeing this thing of these bodysuits that have like fucking floss up the front. I'm going, not even, why would I think that looks good? How would I possibly wear, like, where, okay, literally but, where? Okay. And now I, then that got me thinking about vaginoplasty, labioplasty, I mean. Labioplasty is like, you know, you get the downstairs furniture snipped and tucked because the beef curtains are hanging out. If you if you're one of if you're an outie If you're an outie where the inner labia are hanging out, that 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 can be sometimes made fun of by men. Porn culture hasn't helped with that. Or just like uneven or too fleshy or not fleshy enough is the new one. They're now getting Botox put into their fucking lips and I'm sitting there going, Girls, at what point you go, f- like, these fuckers probably don't wash their arse every day. And we're going in there getting our fucking flaps chopped and injected and every yeah. which fucking thing. Four and a half grand. And you know what? Local anaesthetic. They don't even put you out for it. So you're going to get fucking chopped. And How about we just wear long tops with our leggings and, so, it, like, delete know, the problem? We, we talk on this podcast a lot about bullshit, okay? And we talk a lot about hypocrisy. And we yeah. talk a lot about... i tell you, you what, know, there's no... You can't get a scrotoplasty or a scrotal lift can. in Dublin. You, you can get. Can. You have to go to the UK for it. So I, I need probably. Need, I do need a scrotal lift. So I, I like that. that though. But here's the issue. In all seriousness, put your fucking pants on, women, and stop behaving like fucking. You know, du- like at, at some point, those girls go out of an evening together, and not one of them is calling bullshit on the way that they're dressed. Not one. Yeah. They're all going, you look lovely, fucking whatever. So, and there's the, the fat chick who's wearing them 
is, you know, because her friend is skinny and size 8, she's got a size 14 fucking vagioplasty flapping around in the wind. And were, Like, at some point, it's on you girls to turn around and say, this is pathetic. Like, I would phrase it differently. I, I think what you're getting at, and correct me if I'm not, but I would phrase it differently. Like, I was sitting out for a smoke in Liverpool there. You were in the hotel room. I came down for a smoke. And it was probably maybe half five, six in the evening. And it's like the main street. And there's these two gorgeous girls, like really well done up, stunning looking young ones. I had literally just gotten out of a nightie to come, like throw on clothes to come downstairs. And this nightie that they were wearing was like silky and had, had less to it than what I was wearing privately. Yeah. These little shoes that they kept that from the nineties, these hellhole shoes that had no backs on them, like kitten oh, yeah, heels. And I'm looking at them going, down. they looked stunning, but they were fucking freezing and they're like Bambi on ice. And I know that we all did it to some yeah. extent, but I'm kind of going, I'm seeing more women my age doing that. Because I, cause I, I did a deep dive on all the fucking surgery shit, the vagioplasty, the, the labiaplasty. And I knew when I came out of that website, out of interest, I knew I'm going to go back into Facebook now. And there, just so you remember, you're going to get shitloads of ads for everything that's wrong with you now for the next six weeks until they relearn yeah. your algorithm. And I already feel bad about myself. So, so far I've learned I need to uh, freeze my fat. I need to do the endo fat thing. I need to get... Botox, but also not Botox, the anti-wrinkle stuff. I need, like, it's just endless. I need to get laser everywhere. I need to, everything, everything. Your lips need at least three mil non-stop at me. And I'm going, first of all, where would you get the money? And and I'm kind of going, as women, right? I I think we should be entitled to do whatever the fuck we like. Absolutely, yay us. Fuck anyone who doesn't like it. Wear whatever you want. But as women, the calling bullshit is what I'm at. At what point do we actually decide... Okay, look, we went from heroin chic and from the early 2000s where like even Jessica Simpson and gorgeous, gorgeous people were, were being called fat because they were, what, size eight? Gorgeous. You, you dream of looking like them. And they were being fat shamed across every magazine. So we went from this anorexic thing to the Kardashian era where, oh, you have to be curvy, but not like that. Like this, like this, like this. Change everything about yourself. At what point do we all just have a fucking meeting downstairs in the pub and say, here's the thing. Do you know what we're going to bring back into fashion? Being a size 8 to 10, 10 to 12, eat pizza, drink wine, you know, keep an eye on things. But we're not doing any of these fucking hit cardio shit. We're not doing bum lifts. We're not doing the fucking frozen face shit. How about we all just agree we're yeah, not okay, going to do just, that? Let's just, let's just, that? But that's on us as women to go, yeah. how about we just call bullshit on it? Because we're all contributing to it. And the thing is, fashion and what, like the look that's being pressed upon us is being led by internet now, which is democratised. So it's not just gay men in charge of fashion deciding that we should be waifs it's us as 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 influencers we can decide what's in fashion could we women not just all decide listen let's all strive to be a size 10 that eats pizza instead of a fucking size 2 with an arse out to here their face that never moves and a vagina that looks like a barbie like why are we doing this men won't fucking notice you're you're, the, the problem we're having is in the last podcast we had you know you want equality and you want to be treated Similar men to aren't men. causing Hang this. Hang on a second. And I'm saying this to women. If you want a fourth wave, I'm a feminist, okay? Yeah. St- like, it's like Joe J-Lo appearing in the Super Bowl two years ago with all these kids wearing fucking lingerie, going out dancing. You're, lo- you're running yourselves down. You're making yourselves look like bimbos and thick, okay? And also, if your fat 12, size 12 friend is putting on a pair of fucking spandex to go out to a club with her fucking layers of fat rolling through herself while she's dancing. Where where does the sister 
go and say, listen, honey. I mean, they do ask. The answer is simple as, I don't, I don't think that's as nice on you as the dress you had on last week was lovely. That was like fabulous on your shape. I don't think that's as good on you. But we you have don't a, have to be a cunt. But, but tell the truth. That's what I'm saying. We have a situation here where it's easy to rant about it. But no one's doing anything about it. And by the way, if men were behind this, we'd never hear the fucking end of it. Okay? Yeah, no, but I actually think for the first I actually think for the first time in history, the porn industry aside, which does have an impact, first time in history, men are not behind this. But for the first time in history, it is young women who are making money off the internet now. So we are setting our own trends. And it's great that there's so much, there's a lot more body positivity. There's a lot more mid-sized fashion stuff, which is nice to see because they're not fucking unhealthy or obese, but they're just like normal-sized people who make the most themselves and have a fucking... They teach the rest of us how to dress. Like, there's so much of that. But yet, we have never been more, here's everything that's wrong with you that you can fix. And I'm kind of going, just don't buy, like, and I know it's easier said than done. Like, well, don't buy don't into it. Any. But I, 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 I've never met a man who would notice okay. half the shit we do to ourselves. But I would say this. I see so much aggro from women towards men and nothing from women to other women about walking around looking like a mm. fucking slag. That girl you talked about walking down Liverpool, it was two in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday morning. No, that was like 5 p.m. No, okay. There was another one who was okay. doddering down late at night behind her friend and they were wearing hardly any clothes. It was cold. They didn't have jackets, okay? And I sound like an old man here, but I also sound like a father. Thank fuck I'm not a father. Best thing I ever did, I was watching this guy. Thank God I don't have children because this girl was maybe 17, 18 and she was tottering down Liverpool's main street with all the pavement pizzas and the vomit after a night. And she needs to be able to walk down that naked, right? Yeah. But she also shouldn't be walking down it uh, wearing a tiny mini skirt and, and tittering on her heels and falling down but, drunk because something like, bad I, is likely to happen. I find myself violently disagreeing with I you know. and then kind of going, okay, I see where you're getting at. Mm. Where I can see it as... So my, my, my child's nearly 12 and she's not the most girl. But like, let's say she suddenly was like that. And I'm kind of going, I'm feminist. And she's like 16 or 17 and she suddenly got a bit of a figure on her. And I'm kind of going, I want you to be able to... I, or if she's 14 or 15 and suddenly gets quite feminine and has a figure on her... I don't want to teach her that she she like she should always be able to wear whatever she wants, and that is she is not in any way contributing to rape culture, that. and I and I won't have it said that she's contributing to rape culture. However, as a mother, at what point do I set aside my feminism and go? She's not ready for the attention that she's going to elicit yeah. dressed like this, yeah. and it shouldn't be that way. But I am her mother, and at what point do your principles need to set aside and you take care of your child? It's one of these conversations that's become really polarized and black and white, and you're either a bigot or you're no. a fucking far left. If it was my child and I felt, I know she feels good about herself, she's going to a disco, she's 14, she's filled out a bit and she looks, she does look great, she looks way too old for her age and I, she's not, yeah. she should be able to go out like that and I hate what I'm teaching her but the fact is, this is my child and she is not mature enough for the, for the reaction she's going to get and I, I want to protect her from that. And lots of girls and will there, But we're not allowed to have, there's, there's no nuance moment. in the conversation anymore and that's nuance and I'm not sure where I should land on it but that's a recognisable nuance and I think when you rant it makes it sound really different but is that the nuance you're getting at is well, that I, I think so I mean I think that the thing I would say to you again thank god I don't have children is that you, you as a mother have to be very careful about that because the more you kind of say stuff like that the more likely your teenage girl is going to go fuck you mom I'm go out wearing a pair of panties right so yeah. like, uh, just to spite you and something bad will happen to her and now something bad will happen to her that shouldn't happen to her. She yeah. should be able to go out wearing pants because men. I should will be, point out the last very bad thing happened to me. I was wearing a knee-length dress. Yeah, men should men and, and and also there's a lawyer somewhere who's waiting to dangle 
her lack of panties in front of a jury if anything's Oh, they'll always find bed. a reason. So, I wouldn't worry about that. Well, okay. Like, if you think about the trans issue, if you think about Black Lives Matter, if you think, there needs to be a sign yeah. from women to go, girls, put a fucking pair of pants on. Because this is not good. It's not good for women and it's not good for, 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 for you know, for society. So whilst I can't stand most feminists nowadays, unfortunately, I will not give up calling myself feminist. I am a feminist and I, I feel that very strongly. Some of the fucking radical identity politics shit I have an issue with, but I still feel strongly about feminism. And one thing that I've been struggling with is that, like, bearing in mind, we come from Ireland and we have similar views in terms of, like, the fucking Catholic shit that we had. So I am so thrilled to get rid of the notion of sluts and that you're, and, and that, for, for me, I think sex positivity is great. But what I've started to see in the past couple of years doesn't feel like sex positivity yeah. to me. And and again, I'm spouting, and I don't want to be an L one, I'm spouting my opinion. But I have had a pretty vast experience of these issues. And for me, sex positivity should be about, you can wear what you want, yeah. but why are you wearing it? Mm-hmm. You can sleep with who you want, but are you comfortable sleeping with them? Just because he'll sleep with you and just because he doesn't force you, is that is everything okay there? Without script, and, and, and I suppose what I'm at is that I, I feel like the sex positivity has been pushed not too far, but it's been pushed to a point where we're, we're, we're so kind of hell bent on that that I'm not seeing conversations about uh, we say buzzwords like enthusiastic consent, but I'm not seeing conversations like both my children. I, I don't care what they do in their lives, I hope they're safe, yeah. I hope they're well, I hope they're in good company. I, so I don't have any moral value that oh you should be in a long term relationship or I don't I don't have any of that. It's almost like I'm not tr- I don't wish to put any moralism back into gender, sex, how we present, but concern for are you okay and and check in. Like when I but, but but when I so when I saw those two gr- girls going down the street, the fact is there were a group of lads and there was there was another two girls behind them who looked very similar, same makeup, stunning as well. Happened to be wearing more clothes, but very fashionable. The, the lads didn't look at them twice. The lads looked at what was yeah. naked walking down the street. And she and, knows that. But so what I, well, no, I don't know. I, they were very young. But I looked and I went, what's the difference here? Right, so what, we're, what we seem to be leaning into as sexy and we're calling it powerful seems to be this visual vulnerability. Doc Martens and a crop top and jeans wasn't getting a look. We're leaning into the shoes we can't walk in, we can't run away in. The jacket we don't have with pockets for the shit we need, we need to look at as women. Not only what kind of horrible standards are we perpetuating for, to be honest, most men don't fucking notice all the shit we do. Just mind yourself a bit and you do grand. Like men, men don't care. So why are we tolerating this and perpetuating this for fucking capitalism's sake? But then also, have we gone so far into trying to remove moralism from sex that we have forgotten to teach our daughter and our and our little sister's lessons about, are you okay in that though? Like, what you want to do is okay, as long as you're comfortable. Mm. But like, let's step back and have a look. Do you think that's a wise decision? Do you think that's about impressing people? It's about showing off? I think you'll regret that in a couple of years. I'm not judging you, but I don't yeah, think okay. that's a good choice. Like, We're not allowed to have those conversations anymore. And that seems to veer into sex shaming and this old-fashioned thing. We need to have space for the older sisters and the mothers going, look... I'm talking about wearing a seatbelt, okay? I'm talking about those girls walking down with no clothes on at two in the morning drunk, 
should be allowed to do that. But if there's a man who's going to walk up to them in their drunken state at two in the morning in Liverpool, what sort of a man is going to be walking up to that girl? What sort of a man is going to be in the shadows going, mm. look at that. That's the herd of wildebeest. There's a couple of weak modes. I'm not condoning men, or nor am I condoning that she shouldn't yeah. be dressed that way. I'm talking about wear a seatbelt. Bring a coat out. If you want to go to a nightclub and dance I mean, like the that, wear a seatbelt thing uh, just makes me really uncomfortable. But it's, I, like, I, hate I, what I hate what you're saying, but I'm also like, keep, keep going. Mm. Try and put it in a different way. If my daughter's 18 and she's outside Copperface Jacks, and I know there's a gang of lads that are, that are up to no good and have had too many drinks and are misogynistic, do I want my daughter to be in the group of three girls that are wearing jeans, Doc Martens, and a crop top and their makeup is lovely, or the girls that are wearing a little slip and shoes they can't run away in? Of course I want her to be in the... I, I, that's the reality. I hate that. I do want her to be in the Doc Martens and the to- and the little crop top, whatever. I'm being deliberately provocative here. I, I know you are, but, but, I, I, think, I, but I, think I think a message here, is being here's lost. Here's my issue. And it's nothing to do with men. And you girls need to sit down and have a chat with yourself. We are failing. We are failing how we're bringing up daughters and sisters. Advertising is involved here and whatever Mm. and whatever, whatever. We're we're failing to address porn culture. We're failing to address the male gaze, which is not about necessarily attacking men, but saying, what are we going to do? Because we have a lot more power than we realize. It's it's like that virtue signaling Mm. far left shit. So much that we're forgetting to protect our daughters. And not that they should have... Of course, you should be safe. We're so busy trying to be accepting of everything. Like, I would hope to be, with younger women, I would hope to, they, they know I'm never judging them. I, I'm not looking down on them. But if I'm looking out for them. So yeah. I'm going to ask them a question and go, are you sure about that? Are you sure that, about that blow? Because I'm looking out for you, not because so, I'm judging it. But it's become so much that if you even ask the question looking out for them, you're judging here. them and therefore you're a bigot. So you don't. So, I looked, so we're failing girls. Yeah, I looked into this as well, just from my own disgust at it, actually. I find it disgusting to be honest, that women devalue themselves to that degree or degrade themselves to that degree. But whatever, that's what they want to do. The the other point I was trying to do in my head was to try and come up with a positive reason why they might do this, okay? And I was trying to remove my kind of middle-aged disgust and go, why would they be doing this? So one of the things I came up with was there is a kind of a protest going on here. So there is this sort of theory that women could be displaying themselves to such a degree of, of almost semi-soft pornography to show that we should be allowed walk mm. the streets with our like vaginas out without yeah. getting any shit from men. Yeah. And at two in the morning. Now, I don't see mm. that movement. Well, there was, but that so there was the slut behind, That could be a thing that's behind the scenes here or even subconsciously behind the scenes. Because I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not here trying to say, you know, like one of my 55-year-old men going, this is disgusting and kids these days. I'm looking at more as a cultural mm. phenomenon. And why is it happening? But, and I hear you, but like, why is it no, happening? Well, I was all, there, were, there were the slut walks, which uh, the yeah, reclaimed the night shame, and that. Yeah. So, and I was, I'd be all over those. I'd yeah. be like, like, I tend to dress quite modestly in general, but like fucking wacky as fuck. But that, that's a personal choice. It's not a, yeah. what I think people ought to do. It's I'm just not comfortable with too much out. Just to, that's me. But I would personally be out there in a fucking bikini for a slut walk yeah. because I'm, I'm I'm all about that. To be honest, I would bet a hundred houses that's not what it's about for a, a 
anyone. But walk of shame is, is a, a, walk of shame is almost a badge of honor. Because, the stride of pride. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you you know that bird has been out the night before. Yeah, oh it's yeah, coming yeah. Home, fair play to her. No, but you know this that, is different. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. The slut walk was when protests where everyone dressed as trampy as they could. As like, oh, sorry. As the slut walk was uh, the reclaim the night thing yeah. where you dress like uh, yeah, street walkers dress as trampy as you can. There's a hundred thousand of you yeah. and walk the nights and make the point that we should be able to walk like this. Get your tits out if you want. Yeah. We're walking like this. What are you going to do about yeah. it? Like, I would be the last person to want well, to get tits out. that going on I'd, No, but I'd get my tits out for that. Yeah. Honestly, I'd love to say that the over kind of sexualization that's in fashion at the moment and the kind of getting it all out, I'd love to say that that was actually uh, a reclaiming and a saying we should dress like and it's time for you to change. I would love to say that that's the case. The problem is I can tell you I'm, I'm 100% sure it's not. Right. It, and bra, that's my problem. Bra burning, okay, is a good example here because in the 70s and late 60s, burning your bra was a kind of a, a very vivid yeah. sign. And then, of course, what you're left with is droopy tits, okay, that don't look very good. So, you know, for all the crunchy kind of ride-on feminists that burnt their bras, they're still wearing bras today because bras are a bit like, you know, my. I just talked about my turkey neck balls. Like, I quite like to have a... You know, I quite like to have a pair of boxers that sort of holds them and doesn't let them dangle down around my ankles, okay, or down my knees. From an ergonomic point of view, yeah, though, yeah. that's actually quite enjoyable. And then, of course, after, in the 80s, you know, this whole kind of Hello Boys... Wonderbra. Wonderbra. You know, the whole Wonderbra, the Wonderbra had an empowerment to it that was kind of like, it was it was a very kind of confident woman. It was almost a bit, yeah. being, being, you know, Kylie swinging, know. Well, Kylie swinging on her big balls. Do you know what feels different to me? And it's like, I'm interested in the hypocrisy here. What feels different to me is the idea of like, maybe you want to be attractive. And if you actually want to be attractive to the opposite sex, you probably have a push-up bra and a, a, a dress that's got a plunging neckline. A neckline mm. that works with the push-up bra on you and mm. it looks great. Mm. Fine, fire ahead. And, and I don't worry about that. That's quite sexualized, but it doesn't have the same vulnerability to it. Mm. It's the it's the fact that I'm I'm working set my head. Why does that to me? I, I wouldn't think twice and go. She'd want to have a word with herself. I'd be like, yeah, good for you, Grant, Daddy. Yeah, your tits you look great. That that yeah, that bra really made the dress, Grant. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a bit sexy sometimes. It's the normalization of a really vulnerable vision of sex, and it, it seems so porn fueled that. Oh, the more free you are, the better. And I'm like, freedom seems to look like 18-year-old girls all thinking that if you don't want to be choked, then you're a bad lay. Mm. If you don't want anal, anal you're yeah. a bad lay. Like, this sexual freedom, yeah. I'm not sure how much, how well it's gone for us. Yeah. I'm Like, could the women maybe, but like the women who try to have a chat with it are seen as old feminists, are seen as bigots, are seen yeah. as, you know, they're the Dads. worst of us, the turfs, the, you know. But I kind of feel like, could women all circle back from it? Because the internet has taken off massively in the past 15 years that we have it in our pocket at all times. It's changed us so much. Could we circle back and check, see how much we've been manipulated? Is this all good for us? Yeah. I, I, anyone who's listening, we, we you know, there's 10,000 of you listening to the average episode now at this stage. Any of you want to send a note, comment on it? It's the sort of show we could we could come back to. Because I, I, yeah. I, I, like, I, I know I sound like a stick in the mud and I know I sound like a misogynist, which I'm not. I'm actually just going, I, you know, one of the things women are good at doing is organizing for yeah. their bed. And then they let themselves down in other areas. And this is what yeah. they're really letting themselves down in. And I, I, have an, I have a really strong overall feeling around sex positivity, around fashion, which yes, is so woman-led yeah, yeah, now, yeah. where it never was. It was always male-led. Women are leading fashion now. Around all of those areas, 
are we being manipulated and fucking ourselves over? And at the same time, I know that I don't for a minute ever want every other woman to decide that what I think is okay sexually is what she should do. How I dress is how she... I'm not doing that. But there's a culture here where we are rah-rahing this corporate feminism going, yay, freedom, while people are rubbing their hands. And those people are people who don't give a shit about women, the poor industry and and, and the abuse that's going on in there. And what's happening to kids? I'm going... At what point do we call bullshit? Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you, you'll have and a, I don't know where that point but you'll is. You have a huge male, uh, but then, bunch of allies behind you on this. Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember talking about Singapore. But they're told to shut the fuck up, and I don't blame you shutting yeah, up. If you why, go, look at you now, I'm fine. I will. That's why I'm coming out uh, with quite a bit of gusto today. When I lived in Singapore, we've got quite a lot of listeners also in Singapore, and Singapore gets a bad rap for chewing gum, and you know, certainly don't want to do drugs there. You might get. Uh, the rattan cane, which is apparently uh, worse than death. But I always used to say about Singapore when I first went there in 96, that a woman of any shape, size, race or creed could walk down Orchard Road, which is the main mm. shopping drive, which you've been to, Not naked at two in the morning and no one will touch her. However, the women in Singapore don't tend to walk down the streets at two in the morning with nothing on or hardly anything on. I mean, they, they'll go out clubbing and stuff like that. But, you know, this is what I'm talking about. They don't do that because they're afraid mm. they're going to get attacked. They do that because they have a certain sense of modicum of respect mm. for themselves. I mean, I, I want to be quite clear here. Male violence and specifically sexual violence mm. is absolutely nothing to do with how people are It has happened from Kingdom Come and just, sorry, a slight... Uh, I know I predicted there'd be a lot of sexual violence in the war in Ukraine and people were very upset that women weren't suffering enough. I hope you're happy now. Happy now? Yeah. Now that we know that women are being raped in front of their children, their well, children are being raped. Happy now? Yeah. So we know it that rape... not that big a prediction. Happens <laughs> yeah, war. it happens in every war. So, but like rape is... Because uh, I want to make that quick because it could be yeah. clean from what you're saying and that's not it. Rape I've is never clear. caused by how women are dressed. However, the fact is... If it's in the air, if there's rape in the air and there's trouble, you, you, the d- you do have a bit yeah, more of a target on your I, yeah, tits when I'm they're saying. out. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And no, you also that's have a, you but also like, have I want to make it really clear. They're not causing You also have a lawyer it. waiting in the wings to use that as his primary defence against the fuckwit. I can promise I'm, you, there's so, yeah. there's so much to go on with that. That's the, the fucking least. They Actually, always find of, something. Uh, speaking of the war in the Ukraine, which is still raging, of course, and it's funny the kind of, what do you call it, sort of, sound by culture you know it's kind of like oh yeah war is just tipping away and I'm just like yeah. Zelensky's running around going who else will listen to me And but I thought about this and I thought you know what, we, what would have been funny would have been if Putin had invaded Serbia mm-hmm. so Serbia the Serbs Serbian troops were probably the last perpetrators of major genocide in Europe uh, in the Mid nineties in Bosnia Herzegovina, Herzegovina, is it Herzegovina? Herzegovina, Bosnia Herzegovina. Just call yourself Bosnia for fuck's sake. All I know the Irish, very Irish powerful Irish. country on the Scrabble board, though. Um, <laughs> but if he come into if he come into Belgrade and blown the shit up and you know was killing Serbs, would we all be going? Oh wait, you're Serbs. Uh, would we all be welcoming them out of Serbia into wherever? They'd be queuing up outside the borders into Bosnia and the Muslims in Bosnia would go, really, you want us to look after you now, do you? <laughs> kind of thing. I um, don't know. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not equating Ukrainians with Serbs who, you know, Serbs, white South Africans, 
and I'm afraid, sorry, Israeli, uh, Israelis were the three countries in my travels that I just never wanted to go back to. Uh, it's, it's a reasonable question. Russia, Russians, Russians. Yeah. It's a reasonable question. However, and uh, this is a bit of an awkward one, you're going, okay, so what's so different I'm about... Glad these countries aren't full of black people. What's, about, what's so different about Serbia to Ukraine? I don't know enough in about ter- Ukraine. In terms of why we Serbia. would wet our knickers and go, come on in, we love you. you know, not like well, okay, those terrible s- Muslims when they have bad things happen to them, fuck them. But okay. when you do, let's stop U- the Ukraine world. Ukraine didn't kill 30,000 Belarusians and try and take it over. Ukraine didn't uh, go into Poland and try and bomb it into shit. Ukraine didn't line up Czech, okay, Republic, but if we're talking Czech about Republican people, men and shoot them in the back of the head. Serbia did all of that. No, I know. That, that's that, but that, like, that's politically speaking. But if we're talking about people, we're talking about culturally, yeah, yeah. what's so different about Serbs to Ukrainians? Okay, so then you're going, well, there's only a because mindless... we've had certain countries that we know have been fucked over, but we just don't seem to give a shit because they're too brown, too far away, too Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is it that's so attractive about Ukrainians that's so much better than Serbians? Like to your point of, do you think we would have welcomed Serb- Serbians in if if the issue had been on that foot? I don't think people would look at what your country did so much as whether we see ourselves in them or not. Mm-hmm. And there's a rude awakening then when you find out, oh, but they don't hold the same values as me. Oh, oh, now I don't want to host you anymore. Well, people gave Germany an awful lot of shit about. In like kind shit, like we go Germany. Okay, it was a long time ago. You don't have to keep wearing the hair shirt about what happened in the Nazi times. But the German people wear the hair shirt on purpose hmm. because they're so fucking ashamed of what they did. The Serbs, no fucking chance. The Serbs actually to this day, Bosnia is likely to kick off again because of Serbs and uh, Republic Srpska in their they feel they still want that country back. The Bos- and, and when you go to Serbia mm. and you go, oh, it's not all Serbs. You know, it's been like not all black people, not all whites, not all Irish, not all men, not all this. It isn't all Serbs. But the Serb but mentality is racist to fuck. It's anti-Muslim. As against Ukrainian. No, because that's, like we said this on the last podcast, go anywhere behind the Eastern Bloc and include Greece and a few others in there. And you get absolute suede-headed, knacker, racist, tattooed males. Deeply homophobic. Everywhere you fuck, deeply homophobic, everywhere you look and go, and you know where the epicenter is? Somewhere in the heart of Russia. Yeah. Okay? So that is the sort of people we're dealing with here. So, do you see my, pa- that- my point, though? If we can overlook all that. Yeah. For one set. Well, you have to overlook all that because actually a small five-year-old boy and his mother well, of course, are absolutely. probably not out, you know. So, but what makes you think that we wouldn't overlook all that if it was Serbia? No, I think it would be funny if it was Serbia. I think it would be kind of nice if Serbs were on, on wagon trains out of their fucking hellhole country pleading with Bosnian Muslims to put them up. <laughs> You know, okay, pleading with Croatia to say, sorry about all the fucking war we caused. And yeah, there were lots of wars. Kosovo, you know. Uh, I stopped uh, short at funny because I'm not a monster, but I see your point. Slovenia, all of that fracture, in, you know, was the Serbs would be going, you know, don't blame us for everything. Yeah, we do blame Serbia for nearly everything. And by the way, when you go to Serbia, it is the most rancid. Belgrade is full of people going, aren't we a nice people? Aren't we nice the Germans didn't do that. The Germans sat there and said, please like us again. Please apologize. Please forgive us for what we did. The, the, the Serbs, 
Like that was all I'm saying. It'd be kind of funny. He go into Serbia. They probably the Serbs would probably roll out the red carpet for Putin coming. Yeah, back but the in. Germans. You could just argue that. Like, so the Germans are the organizers. They just like they will send you really nice supermarkets. We'll organize yeah. things really well. We'll sort out the EU because we'll yeah. be the grown-ups. We organize everything really well with the Marie Kondo of Europe. Mm. Get rid of everything that doesn't spark joy. Oh, sorry, well, I couldn't help myself. That's a thing. Yeah, they they. <laughs> the hashtag too soon meme is from whatever the German version that was probably used that, No, I'm sorry. I would like to apologise for that because yeah, that no. was hashtag too yeah, soon yeah. but it was also too tempting. You know, this is the point. You know, Afghanistan is still in deep shit. There's hunger uh, and inequality growing. Hmm. All of these countries, I, Libya, etc. I saw today, globally, and obviously it's going to be much worse amongst the poor, but globally they're expecting a 37% hike in food cost. Mm-hmm. Massively, like so, like Middle Eastern countries are going to be fucked. African countries are going to be fucked. We're all depending on the Ukraine. Yeah, it's wheat and, 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 you know, it's and Belarus. Meanwhile, fuel prices are going through the roof, and um, the world's inequality is going to grow. Yeah, it's, it's you, know, you didn't think that when all the COVID shit went away, yeah. suddenly so there's something else where you're kind of like the world is fucked. The world is fucked. One thing, actually, it's not like me to praise. Uh, I won't praise the Green Party because I doubt that they were in charge of it. But it's not like me to praise the uh, well, cabbage. Were. It's not like me to praise the cabbage munchers in Ireland purely because they're hypocrites and they don't tend to do anything good. Something I've seen is in a couple of weeks they're going in Ireland. They're going to uh, slash all public transport by twenty percent. Hmm. And I went. Free, I and I went great, good because I don't want to constantly bitch about the tax on this and the tax on that. But there is a reality of like you're kind of going well, sir. There, there's an awful lot of oh retrofit your homes just get this and you're going like sorry some people are poor like people have to eat people have to feed their kids so I see a nuance there but I love to see when there's something proactive and and I, I know this is kind of parochial but it's kind of relevant for every country mm. how do we get people out of cars how do we get them to public transport in Ireland specifically we'll make it fucking better for a start but what I noticed is they've slashed by 20% and then I got thinking about this and I remember when I was in school and people were in secondary school or going to college there was like an annual pass so I looked it up. On I, bus pass, right? Yeah. Well, there's different ones. I looked it up. Sorry if this is parochial, but I think it'll be of use everywhere else. But I'm mm. just going to go with Dublin because it's what I know. So the annual pass for Dublin City bus only is 1,150. Mm. For everything, for all public transport, the annual right. pass is 1,550. Jesus. That's too much. Yeah. And you're an ad man. So think about what would be the best thing if somebody had paid a fair bit per month or per annum uh, for a pass such that they it, 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 they don't want to go to waste, mm. that they'd be inclined to leave the car behind going after paying for this, but that it's affordable enough that people go for it because it's really good value. Mm. You need something that people have invested in a subscription and they want their money's worth, yeah. but that it's affordable and doable. Um, well, I but, think I think we're moving towards free travel. I mean, we have to move towards free travel. Free transport is the sort of domain of the very poor countries and the very rich countries, you know, because the very rich countries can afford it. And I think that's what we're, we're we're moving down that down that track. Anything else? When it comes to saving the planet, I also had another little uh, tidbit that I came across, which is just a light-hearted sidebar. But uh, PETA, you're familiar with? I'm sure most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, what does PETA stand it for? Is, what is it? People for the Ethical Treatment mm-hmm. of Animals. Uh, but they're, they're obviously they, they put down animals in their shelters and shit and they're like they're, basically it's all the really fucking angry vegans with like piercings and yeah. no yeah. Uh, Peter aren't a bit like feminists yeah yeah but <laughs> Peter aren't great they're not a great organisation to be fair uh, but no they, their protesters have been at it again 
they they went into the headquarters of Starbucks, which is in Seattle, and they glued their hands to the counter, <laughs> super glued. And then this one who was taking it, let's do the fucking dose. She starts shiting on in her fucking live feed for, oh, solid two hours. But so they end up having to call uh, the police department, the fire department. You can find it if you Google it, PETA Starbucks protest. But basically it was the fact that dairy milk was cheaper and so there's an upcharge on other milk. But I mean, there is more labour that goes into milking all of those almonds. In, in. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah, and also the American dairy industry is backed. But so that was what they were protesting. So she super glued herself and her mate, super glued their hands to the counter. And I'm sitting there watching this the whole time. And then I had to do a deep dive. I'm like, will they have to like cut off, will the fire department have to cut off a bit of the counter? And also violently American of you to do something that you may need to have to pay for healthcare for <laughs> after the fact. But, but, but it's interesting because, you know, even with the inflation going mad for the first time in 40 years in all the countries, you know, we still reach for, well, we need to stop the carbon tax because it's a tax on the poor. We need to stop this because it's a tax. people want to eat meat, people want to drive cars. This is what's causing the problem, okay? And we, we can blame... We, we, we can blame big industry, which be, which is absolutely valid. We can blame the shells and BPs of this world for digging. We can blame Russia. Mm. We can blame the fracking industry. We can blame everything. But unless we change, all of those co- companies yeah. are making things that we buy and we think are very important. We talked about Ukraine. The uptick of that should be almost coronavirus. Mm. It should be like... The way we broke down the five-year wait to get a vaccine, and a lot of people disagree with this, but we needed it as an emergency. We need to break through using this war as a way of saying we need within a year to get Germany's billion a week sorted out from somewhere else and preferably not fossil fuel. Yeah. But the problem is when you're so poor, especially now with inflation going away, it's like it, it, certain households, you've got kids, It's the point comes you can't give a shit about the planet. You're trying to get fucking food on the table in yeah. your child's school. Yeah. So we have to have nuance there and we certainly have to hold big business to account. You're being taken for a fucking fool by capitalism. They're rah-rahing the left or whatever ideologue there is. They're rah-rahing you. They're taking the piss out of you. There's a lot of greenwashing going on. Mm-hmm. By greenwashing, I mean a company like Starbucks saying we're going to have paper straws, mm-hmm. but we're also going to continue to pass on the that the dairy industry is, is you know, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're we're being manipulated, and I hate to sound like a fucking yellow vester. We are, we are, we but are. but we need but we need to kind of wise up and stop with the bullshit. Cut the shite. Here's where we're at. Something needs to be done. And this is yeah. why we also love Greta Thunberg. I think she's great. But, you know, if you really followed what Greta Thunberg is saying, you'd hate her because she's advocating that we shut down cars. We yeah. shut down yeah, yeah. fuel. And we need to do that. This is why I've said we're never going to do it. I respect because, her because I know because, I couldn't fucking cope because with her. capitalism and the great unwashed agree with each other on the fact that it's better off to burn the planet so that my yeah. kid can get to school yeah. than it is for hardship. But I suppose that's why I was so hardship. interested. Like, it's not it's not groundbreaking that, you know, the Irish public transport is being slashed. Show how you're going to make sure that people have can afford to take the bus. And it's, and, you know, show some leadership when you're going to ask from people who don't yeah, have. Gra- and I think that's great unwashed don't understand because they're a bit thick that... The world will not be there for their grandchildren or, or kids. I don't kids. think that's true. Yeah, that's, that's I think they don't likely. care. They don't have the privilege of caring. The, the, the poorest person in Dublin, okay, is 
substantially well more well off than the poorest person in many African Do you countries. think we have food poverty in Dublin? Yes, we do. But we also have people who are walking around with flies in their eyes and bloated stomachs who have yeah. no food, okay? So we, the, uh, the people who've got food poverty are usually have a television and a phone. Of course there's poverty. But uh, how much of poverty in Ireland have you been up close to? Very little. I've been up close to poverty in India, in China. I've also been up close to poverty in Ireland in the 70s before you were born in the 80s, where it was 10 times worse than Well, it's different. What I'm getting at is I think that not enough... Poverty is still poverty. A hungry belly is still hungry. But how it works. But I I think we don't have enough people in writing of policies and and designing this stuff who actually understand... The, the nuances it, within each city, within each country, culturally, what does poverty in 2022 look like? Mm. There is different levels of it. What does it look like? Because when you understand it, rather than just realise that it's there and, and, and respect that it's there and have a great time for those people and want to do well for them, but really understanding it. If you haven't lived yeah. poverty, if you haven't worked very closely with poverty, and that impacts stuff like climate change, what's doable? Because we do have to balance out making sure that children are warm, children are fed. When people are desperate, they're not going to have as much to give. And you need to understand how can you eat, how can you work around their desperation so we can still have a good outcome, but not everyone. It's just, it's not, it's not an even scale. If there's 200 odd countries in the world and each one is a capital city, you want to talk poverty? Dublin is probably in the 180s to 200. I do believe it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's 120 or 40 other cities where there's worse poverty by a stretch my Dublin. argument is not to suggest no, that we have the worst poverty, but it's about how do we, you my, need to understand what that, yeah. par- how that poverty my works. My argument is everyone here is bitching about the fact that I have to drive my kids to school. Mm. I only get 200 a week. I only get this. Yes, people are on two bucks a day or less yeah. who have no, right? And there's, so there's what, what, the world, no, what the world needs to do, okay, and this applies to climate, it applies to fuel. And it's not about, like, there's there's some countries, I think Denmark, where we're going in, Ju- in, in July, where public transport is already free mm. for every citizen. We need to understand that we, even the poorest person in this country, yeah. is in the top 1%. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Not, you know... Of, I know, of, but in terms of how do you solve the problem and saying other people have it worse doesn't solve the problem. And I'm not for a minute suggesting that the poorest of the poor in Dublin are as poor as they are elsewhere. I'm not. But it, it, it does come down to you, but you need to understand the hows and the whys. When you start telling people that you're shitting on, that you're not helping at all, we all have to do our bit. But when, you, when your bit costs you so much that you can't really afford and it's being pissed against the wind, sure. you can understand why people don't. And that's not my argument to say, well, when the government do the right thing, when biz, business, big business do the right thing, then we'll start doing the right thing. So there, yeah, anyway, we'll never uh, crack that. What's the... Um Anything else before we go? Oh, today's... Uh... Today is... No, today's not. Yes, today, today is 5.20. Now, we had actually intend on doing the podcast yesterday. That's no, 4.21. Which was 4.20. Oh, yeah, shit, sorry. You're Thick being bitch American here. Thick bitch. No, I'm getting confused because it's in American. Today is 4.21. Yeah. Uh, meaning yesterday was 4.20, which was the day we intend on recording the podcast. Uh, but we're too baked. We were celebrating 4.20, so we didn't. And uh, you were asking me, to look up what the history of 420 yeah, is. Four I thought tw- it was from so for anyone who doesn't know, when people yeah. say 420, it's like the time to spark up a doobie, yeah. smoke a bit of the ganj, that kind of thing. So 420 in the afternoon. So where it actually comes from 
is San Rafael High School in California in 1971. So what happened, and I love this story because basically five friends arranged to meet to smoke at 420. Now, there, there was no significance to 420. The reason was it was just the after school extracurricular activities were ended at that time. 420, we'll meet there, we'll fucking light up a doobie, grant. So these five lads that said they do that. And then it became a fucking thing. So then, then it just it was an inside joke. Four twenty meant will we will we have a spliff, and then so years later, one of these lads, one of these five lads, got a job working as a roadie for the bassist for Grateful Dead. Then he managed to make it become a thing. I love this. It's like you know when you have faith, <laughs> it became a thing. So by nineteen nineties, Grateful da- Dead fans were passing out flyers inviting people to celebrate four twenty, which should become a thing. Which it was a bullshit thing and then a year later High Times magazine which is like a weed magazine printed the flyer so 420 doesn't come from anything there's no great history it was just five lads their inner joke their little uh, NL420 I love that I love that it's become a thing I could celebrate it worldwide but it was literally just their in joke their little will we do it L420 nothing else to it anyway light up and enjoy your weed that's uh a podcast, I reckon. I, I, and those of you who may have felt I went a bit over the top on the whole uh, uh, women walking around in their underwear, uh, just know that I am a feminist and I am someone who cares deeply about rape culture and men behaving honourably towards women. And I am coming up with this as a point of view that I think girls need to sit down and have a little chat with themselves about just it's nothing to do with that it's to do with the fact that you look fucking ridiculous I was done I, I don't uh, as I've said in advance I, for I, me, I, I, upset I may have caused no, I think it's important like I don't agree with everything or particularly the way you've gone about things mm. but I would stand over like I could strangle you another time so I would stand over very strongly that whilst I don't necessarily but I think this is what we need we need to have nuanced conversations yeah. where I think you're in the wrong in this but I know I, I think I know where you're getting and there, there are splinters there where I'm going I'm really uncomfortable yeah. with this but I, I can honestly say you have bushes come to shove in my life and in things that are important to me you have stood up and not in a performative way but like I, I know you genuinely so sometimes I hear you say something I go geez that doesn't sound great that doesn't sound like I know what you think but you're, at the end of the day you're entitled to say what yeah. you want to say but I actually have to stand over that and say and if anyone wants to come at me come at me I'm okay with that too yeah all right, let's have a conversation and remember exactly. the thing is Sean you'll never walk alone you'll never walk alone and one of the things about, we'll finish where we started at Liverpool, uh, the, those of you from overseas don't understand that actually, even though Manchester, you probably know about Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, both teams from Manchester and England, and Liverpool and Everton are both the teams from uh, Liverpool. But the big hatred, you know, the big kind of giants, cowboys, what do we call it that, hatred, you know, it, it, animosity has always been between Liverpool and Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United have been terrible. Liverpool are playing amazing football. But uh, they played each other two nights ago and um, Liverpool won 4-0, having won 5-0 at Man United's ground. So 9-0, worst in my whole 45 years of supporting. Mortifying. Mortifying. Um, but Liverpool totally deserved it. And Man United, those of you who know a little bit about football, have heard of a guy called Cristiano Ronaldo, who's probably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Cristiano Ronaldo is Man United's striker. And the day before the Liverpool game, he lost his one of his twins who was being born, died prematurely or died in, during childbirth. And yeah, they're boy-girl twins, and the boy sadly passed away. And he had to deal with that with his wife, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way, is 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 also very important to mention 
that he has a, a checkered history in terms of his uh, violence towards women as well. And we need to say stuff like that when we talk about this. But he still is a father and has a, has a wife or girlfriend who's lost a child. And Man United were playing in Anfield and Cristiano Ronaldo is number seven for Man United. And the Liverpool fans who would normally... Were lifelong United, enemies. Lifelong enemies. Uh, seven minutes into the game, um, they all decided that they would applaud Cristiano Ronaldo and support him and his wife and his kids. So we bitched about football fans here on this podcast. I thought that was such class. And, you know, one of the things I would say about Liverpool in seriousness is uh, it's also the anniversary of um, the Hillsborough disaster, uh, which I remember watching live. 97 Liverpool fans were killed in a stadium in uh, Sheffield in the semi-final for a FA Cup. We were at and the monument at the moment of the anniversary, we, which was quite moving, yeah, actually. We were while we were in Liverpool. There was a, a, a vigil during the afternoon, which we stumbled upon and, and watched. And uh, the Sun newspaper back at this is uh, eighty nine, I think. Uh, all those years ago, the Sun newspaper just covered itself in its usual vomit um, with, with, with the way it reported. And Liverpool have never forgotten that. And you see signs all over Liverpool. We put one on the podcast uh, blurb. Can't get the scum in Liverpool, can you? Yeah. And I have to say one thing about Liverpoolian people that I'm sure that there's plenty of gangsters and nasty people in Liverpool. But in a generalisation sense, they're very honourable and kind. There's a a real decency there. I like it. Anyway, at the game on Tuesday, they all seven minutes did this and we will see you next time hi all right take care love yous oh the liverpool song is you'll never walk alone which they break into here it's quite nice it's quite perfect for the actual this is a video taken by a member of Anyway, there is humanity left. Quit moving. Talk about claiming the home.